you know, surprisingly enough and, and earlier than expected, this is our last week of having home games. And, and, and so it's on us, and um, the Georgia teams are coming to town. And um, I think Georgia State's playing great right now. I think if you look at they lost some games, but I think if you looked at who they played and where they played and everything else, I think they had a really hard stretch there um, when they lost um, a good amount in a row. But they seemed to bounce back. They won at Louisiana. Great win. And then they blew out Miami of Ohio at home in, in, the, in the MAC Challenge. So uh, we're getting a team that, that's playing well. Uh, revamp team from last year brought in some great transfers. Uh, transfer from Wake is playing great. Um, um, Lane from from Winthrop is playing really good basketball as well. Um, so, uh, you know, Coach Hayes done a good job. They they play a hard system, and um, you know we know what's ahead of us and how hard it is to stop them. They're one of the best scoring teams in the league, and what a challenge that's going to be. Coach, now that it is in the rearview mirror, um, the Max Sunbelt Challenge. Um, Kind of talk about it. Do you do you like where it is right now? Do you want to see some changes with, with what what's going on with it? Yeah, and it still might be too early. I know it's behind us, but I want to see what impact it had once you know once we have teams trying to get in the postseason, and that's why you're trying to do something like that. I mean, you want home games. Um, it's hard for us to get home games, um, but then I want to see what it looks like for teams that are trying to. Maybe it helps our conference by getting a higher seed in the NCAA tournament. Maybe it's one spot, two spots, and that's a big deal. Um, maybe maybe has little impact. So I, I think it's a wait and see. And, um, you know, I, I know the Sun Belt did a great job, and I think if you look at the net rankings, everybody from last week to this week, it seemed like everybody in our league had a bump up. And so that did help. Um, did it help um, enough? I don't know. We'll find out. Talk about your defense and, and how far it has come from the beginning of the year. Again, you were a little unsure how, how this team was going to be when this season began, but you've been really consistent lately. That's a good offensive team that you played on, on, on Saturday. And their big three did okay, but only seven points after, after that. Talk about your defense and just how far it's come from the beginning of the year. Yeah, I think you know a lot of times you're looking at your lineups and you're always looking at it from an offensive viewpoint and say, let's figure out the best guys for to score points. And, you know, I, I think we've made sure we had certain guys on the court together um, that really complement each other on defense, um, particularly the last four or five games, maybe a little, little further back than that, to make sure that, um, you know, we have matchups that we like. And I think the other side of our defense, I think our guys have bought into game plans. Uh, I think they, they love it. They take it as a challenge. Um, they're really focused in scouting reports and our practices when it comes to that. And, and Coach Buckland's done a good job of implementing game plans on defense. And um, we know that's where it's going to take us. And, you know, it, it, it's not by fault or um, probably a better word, it, it's not by chance. If you look at the top three teams in the seating right now of the Sun Belt, it's the top three defensive teams. And we, we better stay there if we want to be there. You know, we've talked about Jalen, but – Talk about Jalen and just him being able to come in the last couple of games against Arkansas State. He had to play a lot of minutes and played really well. First half against Akron, um, against some really good players. Um, it seems like he just continues to mature. And, and, and we've talked about how good he is. But what are you seeing from him? Are you seeing him just get better each week? Yeah, Jalen's getting better. And I, I think that's uh, what should be expected by somebody who's played as much as he had in February. You know, now it's almost you got a lot of experience under you. You're not a typical freshman because of 
um, you know, how hard he's worked. But also, he's got great experience this year um, of playing. And, and, and there's times where we had to really lean on him uh, for whatever reason, you know, foul trouble or, or maybe he was just playing well. And I think he's doing what we expect him to do. And we, we expect him to keep getting better throughout February and March. And, um, you know, we, I've already talked about, you know, what we think is going to be like him in the future he, here. But, um, you know, right now, I don't want him to play like a freshman anymore. I mean, he should play like a guy who's been around because he has. As you looked at the film from Akron again, we talked after the game about it. But as you broke it down, what else kind of stood out about about a good about the win against against a quality team? Yeah, I mean, uh, I thought our defensive uh, presence in the in the first half was really good, and you know our, our shots were 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 better than I thought in the first half. We didn't make some of them, so guys that typically made shots, but I thought we embraced the game. We just embraced the game, saying, "Look." You know, it's a tough, hard-playing team. We better be a tough, hard-playing team. And we did that until we got going in the second half. In the second half, our offense played really well. You know, I, I talked about Mike Green and his impact, not just scoring but passing. Um, but, you know, having 17 assists against a team like that is, is, is not easy. And that shows we were passing the ball well, moving the ball well, and playing the right way. Going back to the MAC challenge a little bit, now that you've been through it, have coaches like suggested any kind of tweaks or things like if we keep doing this, maybe we could change it here or there? Yeah, I'm sure nobody's got together and, and collectively kind of given their input. Um, we have our league meetings in, in May, and I'm sure that's going to be one of the topics. You know, what can we do better? What can we fix? What are suggestions? Um, and I'm sure everybody has different, you know, input on that. And you know, I, I love the concept, and, you know, I, I wish we would do that with other leagues too. You know, keep the MAC challenge and, and you know, have an Atlantic 10 challenge, but they would never do it. You know, go and put it out there. Uh, um, but have an A-10 challenge. Um, you know, um, so Southern Conference is kind of wrapped around our league, and, and some uh, Conference USA is kind of spread out now, but um, the American Athletic, you know, I would love to do that. And I think a lot of coaches in our league would like, like to do that as well. When you look at the timing of these games, you know, some people talk about, you know, adding one in the middle of the conference season and stuff. But you go back to November, second week of the season, or second game of the season, you probably don't look at Kent State the same way you did back then. Do you, would you want to see maybe adjusting that, how that's so early, maybe you could kind of get better matchups early on if you yeah I mean the season's so long and 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 sometimes you know you play a team and and they're at a different place in, in November than they are in in February and you know a team could be playing sometimes their best ball in November but then have injuries or have different things or lose a couple close games and what that record might say sometimes in February might not be reflective of how good they are it happens a lot and I think the easy thing sometimes you look at somebody's record and say that's who they are but you know nobody wants to make excuses and nobody wants to sit there and say this is a you know why but but sometimes there's reasons and you know you have a you know a bad stretch some sicknesses illnesses and things like that our season's long and it's challenging um you know my thing about us playing an early one and us playing a late one uh, i i think it is hard when you got to travel um in the middle i know akron um was smart and they chartered down here and, you know, so they had their flight to come right into Harrisonburg and get get back out. 
But I think that's the biggest challenge right now with us in this challenge is we're closer to some teams than some than some of the other ones. But you know, if you're down in Alabama and, and you know, you're you're down in in Georgia, you know, it's, it's not easy sometimes to get to the Midwest and play some of these teams. So I think that's the biggest challenge you got to overcome in this. And Julian, you know, kind of throughout his career, he's been a guy who's, you know, fairly steadily averaged, you know, eight points a game or whatever. But he, he's had, he's always been a guy who kind of will give you five or six in a row that kind of really change momentums mm -hmm. of games. Like, what kind of gives him the knack to do that? Or is it just a matter of being a guy who lets it come to him and, like, his ability to kind of, like, change games without putting up huge stats? Yeah, I mean, Julian is about all the right things. And I love the fact that he spoke up in our locker room at halftime of the Akron game and said the most important thing in the second half is us winning. And you know, not somebody's stats or not our team stats or not our points or anything else. But he told the guys, he goes, most important thing is winning. And, and the guys respect him because they know that that's what he's about. So when he's about winning, sometimes he's got to make some threes, make some big shots. Sometimes he does different things on the court and, and big scoring nights, or or sometimes he sacrifices. Um, but he truly is about winning, and he's not scared of the moment. He's kind of a, a personality. He's very laid back, so I don't think he feels pressure. I don't think he understands those situations where, hey, I got to make a big shot here. I think he just plays, and he, he's, he, you know, he's true to himself. And um, it's great having that calming influence on the court where a guy doesn't get rattled, where he just keeps going. Coach, uh, Raekwon Gordon, he's kind of had a, it's been a, a weird week in terms of being thrown into the lineup an hour before last Saturday and then going into this one, coming off the bench and leading your team in rebounds. How important has his impact been? Of any, any situation you get into, you can call on his number and he's proven to come out well. Yeah, I think Raekwon's playing at a high level right now. And I don't even look at his points per game. If, if that's there, it's there. Um, his defensive impact and being disruptive on that end is has been one of the reasons we're a much better defensive team of late. His rebounding and he makes plays all over the court. He He's an imposing player on the court. I mean, he's 6'6", with a 6'10", 6'11", wingspan that moves and flies around and plays hard. And when you do that with that size, that length, that athleticism – the good things happen for you, and the good things happen for our team with him. Mark, going into the game against Akron, Noah had really a tremendous run of his three-point accuracy, and obviously he didn't get off to a great start <clears throat> Excuse me, in the game against, against the Zips. So from your perspective, when he's 0 for 5, 0 for 6, and for the benefit of fans that don't quite understand, why is he still in there? Kind of a simple question. Um, watch. <laughs> if you wonder why he's still in there, Watch the impact he has on the game. He's um, he's playing a high level on defense. He's the toughest guy on our team. Um, his rebounding, loose balls, his IQ. Um, he can go 0 for 10 and still have a good game right now, the way he's playing. And um, he missed some shots there, but, you know, he's kind of earned my trust to where, you know, if if he makes shots, great. It's a bonus. If he, if he doesn't make shots, fine. He stays on the court because of what he the impact he has on the game. And in the game too, with uh, with Michael, was there anything subtle that you saw that 
okay, more minutes for him? Or obviously you're rotating him with, with X quite a bit out there to begin with. But was there anything that kind of jumped out at you that said, okay, maybe more minutes for him tonight other than he was putting the ball in the basket? Well, I think it's fair when, when a guy's producing to, you know, extend his minutes out and let him play. And I think that's good for everybody on the team that, you know, we don't have a set rotation where we go into the game and you're supposed to play this amount of minutes. Um, we adjust with the game. And, you know, sometimes there's different needs, whether it's defense, offense, or whatever might be the case. But, you know, Mike Green was playing at a high level. It wasn't just his scoring, but his passing, his feel for the game. I thought when he was dribbling the ball, I thought he had a great command. And so with all that going on, you know, and we were better with him on the court, we had to extend his minutes out. And it's been the same way with different guys. We've had it, you know, with Xavier Brown, whether he started or came off the bench, there's been times or worse he's playing so well or we're so much better when he's on the court that, you know, the right thing to do as a coach is to play him. And guys understand it that, you know, there's not a, you know, a plan going in to say, you know what, this guy's getting shots or this guy's getting this amount of minutes. Guys get opportunities. Um, a lot, all our guys get opportunities, and some guys go into the game and and they do you know great, impactful, winning things. And we're about winning, so if they're doing that, they're going to stay on the court. This week, and obviously the second game, you'll honor seven guys, seven seniors, grad students, um, some of whom have been here, some of whom have only been here for one year. Just as you think about that group of people, obviously it's a majority of your team what it's meant to have them revitalize James Madison basketball when it's been dormant for a handful of years. Yeah, it's it's hard to get reflective on on senior night when it's whatever that's going to be, February 17th. And usually I do it, you get to the last week of the season and, you know, um, you got a break sometimes between the regular season and your, your tournament for a quick break and, and you can really think about it. But – you know, the the big thing is, you know, with the guys who've been around, um, you know, right now specifically Julian Wooden, who, um, you know, could have left and and stayed around and saw this thing through. Um, you know, I, I, you know their commitment to us and their belief in us as a coach and, and their impact they have is 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 unbelievable. I mean, Terrence Edwards staying for four years and – and, and what those guys have done. Um, Justin Amati's been out with an injury and, and, and some other things. Um, but, you know, it, it's one of those things when those guys come in, they they believe in JMU, they believe in our vision, and and it's great to see it kind of executed. It, it's great to see that, that their belief is being rewarded. Um, so it's a special group. Um, I saw it right away when they were together in Italy. Uh, how fast they blended together and, and you know, our, our grad guys this year, how unselfish they are, I think has been a huge key to our team. And, um, you know, I know we're going to honor them on, on Saturday. It's early. Um, but I hope there's more and more honors after Saturday for this group, you know, as we keep moving forward through the season. When you put together the roster, and obviously you have a whiteboard of different names and you don't know who's going to say yes and who's going to say no, but – how much of a selling point was it to some of those grad guys that we will try to bring in other guys who will be selfless and are in their final year and, and try to deliver that message to everybody coming in? Yeah, it's a challenge because a lot of times guys transfer in to um, increase their scoring or increase their role. 
And a lot of times that is the case, but that can't be the number one objective. So we try to identify guys who that wasn't their number one objective and guys who wanted to win. And like Brian Randleman said, the most important thing he cares about, because he's had a lot of losing seasons at high point, he said, I just want to win. I don't care about anything else. And when he's got out there, he's been helped us and and he's going to keep helping us, but he's very selfless. And um, same thing with TJ Bickerstaff, who's been, you know, you know, sometimes sick or hurt or whatever else. And if Jalen Carey's playing well, he's happy. Um, uh, but so when you have all those guys who have that mentality, everybody talks about team chemistry. And, you know, it's hard to do it when you're bringing a lot of new guys. But you got to have guys have a natural personality to it. Going back to the game coming up with uh, Georgia State, going back to your time at Southern, uh, I'm sure you got to know Jonas Hayes pretty well considering he was at Georgia. What was that relationship, if at all? Yeah, I mean, you know, Jonas did such a great job at, at Xavier. And, you know, when we was at, when he was at Georgia and he was different places, um, he was always recruiting the area. Um, you know, I remember him as a player. And uh, him and his brother were, were really good players. He started at Western Carolina, and this is before the, the transfer in NIL, but they would have got a lot of money when they when they'd have left Western Carolina and, and, and went on there. But he's done a great job. He's got great energy. Um, you know, I, I think, um, you know, with what's going on at Georgia State with the new arena and, and, and his influence there and knowing people, I think he's the right person for that job. And I think, you know, you take over a place in the first year and it's sometimes hard and sometimes it works out for you. Um, but I think he's got his traction now. I look at the team, look at him and everything else, and they're playing well. And, um, you know, what he did at, at Xavier was was incredible. Um, to, to win that and, and to go on that run. And speaking from experience, I think one of the hardest things in college sports is being an interim head coach. That sucks. That's a hard. That's a hard deal. Um, the, the thoughts in your heads and everything else. It is. Um, it, it is a very difficult thing. And and he was terrific at that. And you know, just like he's going to be at Georgia State. Any memory come to mind in terms of recruiting somebody and you guys kind of going after the same guy or anything like that? No, I mean we've we've had recruiting battles, um, I'm sure, but you know, you know, right now for us, I mean we want our footprint in Atlanta, and you know we got a really good player coming from next year. Um, we got multiple guys on our team right now from Atlanta. It is uh, one of the best basketball cities in the country, and in, in high school, and 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 the talent, the coaching, everything else. So. Um, it's in his backyard. It's not our backyard, but we're going to keep going down and recruit.